All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Dan, what's going on, dude? Long time. Yeah, it's been a long time, man. Uh, good to be back and, and chit-chat some sports, man. It uh, definitely definitely has been feeling a little empty lately, but uh, we're here. Yeah, I feel like this is, I don't know if this is attempt two or attempt three for us to kind of record this this type of podcast, but it's been a little bit. We've been busy. Uh, schedules haven't lined up. We haven't done a ton of basketball, but we'll touch on a little bit of that today. Uh, let's start with the first thing. This is a Michigan podcast. Uh, while he's not the greatest Wolverine that's ever lived, he's the greatest NFL player that ever lived that went to Michigan. Opinions on Tom Brady uh, as a Raider fan, as a Michigan fan. Everybody knows my opinions. I asked Brad's. I've always kind of been curious about yours. You've always been kind of uh, reactionary to my opinions rather than giving your own. So I'm just kind of curious. Thoughts on Tom Brady retiring um, and everything that that means. Right. So like, uh, so I'm, I'm in a unique situation because I'm a Michigan fan. Right. And then I'm also a Raiders fan. And obviously when you're a Raiders fan and you think of Patriots, you think of the tuck game, the tuck rule game with Charles Woodson, you know, looking like a, a strip sack fumble, whatever. So as Raiders, as a Raider fan on that part of me, whatever, um, the Raider Nation will never will never like Patriot uh, fans, Patriots as an organization, or, or Tom Brady just because of they're so salty about it, right? Um, I would say I'm gonna say I, I still a bit upset about the play call, but what, I mean, what can you do? It's so long ago, right? Um, and then as a Michigan fan, you know it's it's cool that you know Tom Brady went to U of M, and obviously he was you know battling out with Drew Henson forever. And uh, finally won the job, and and rightfully so. Probably should have had the job to begin with, but Drew Henson had all that, uh, had all that star power, which kind of situation similar to what JJ has, you know, five star coming in, taking over. But um, and just as just a general football fan, um, I don't really hate Tom Brady, and you know when he's in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, I root for him. Um, and, you know when my late grandfather passed away in 2017, or um, you know, it was like a week before that Super Bowl where they were down 20 to three to the Falcons. You know, he was a my grandfather was a, a diehard boss and everything Patriot fan. So I uh, I was in little I was not even my team. I was in tears when the, when the Patriots came back and won that that game. And so that was amazing. So uh, I respect that all Tom Brady. And um, so a, a smidgen Raider fan of me or whatever, you know, I, I hate the Patriots. But, you know, I, if Tom Brady's playing, whatever, I'm pulling for him. <clears throat> Yeah, cool. I uh, just kind of wanted to get that out there. Uh, let's talk a little bit of Michigan coaching staff. I think the number one thing that kind of needed to be said, it was kind of up in limbo over the last several weeks that we were um, planning on potting, but it, I think it's as official as it can can it be, is, is Jim's going to stay. Uh, Jim's not going nowhere. There's not really a new deal in place, but as of right now, Jim Harbaugh is coaching Michigan this coming year. He kind of said that a few months ago. Uh, there are reports that, you know, he he took an interview with the, the Broncos, and then there were reports that he took a second interview in Ann Arbor with the Broncos. And after we see Sean Payton signs for $18 million, I kind of understand why Jim took a second interview. Uh, I'm sure the money was astronomical. Yeah. So uh, Jim's going to stay. Opinions there. That's great, and it, it finally got locked in. Obviously, the the in the back of my mind, we're still waiting to see what the, the NCAA is going to do with the whole cheeseburger and fries incident. But uh, you know, it's glad that he's locked in the 2023 class. Kind of, you know, between the flirting in the NFL and the NIL, the 2023 class was kind of uh, kind of mediocre. I want to say a letdown. I mean, there's still good kids in there, but you know, 2024 is shaping up to be pretty solid because of the news that Jim Harbaugh is sticking around. So yeah. A uh, couple of additions to the staff. Uh, Chris Partridge. Yeah. So he returns. He was yeah. uh, he was with Michigan, I believe, from 15 to 19, somewhere in there. Does that sound yeah. right? I mean, he's essentially he was essentially with Jim from the jump, and I mean, he was a, a new he was the head coach at Paramus High School, which I believe uh, Peppers and uh, I don't know, I can't remember off the top. Uh, for 100 percent but i think Rashawn gary's in that area so like when he came over it was a big deal because it was a kind of recruiting lore and he was one of their best recruiters yes yeah so he was with jim from the jump and he was a new jersey guy so yeah he coached in that area he was able to kind of dominate the new jersey pipeline that michigan since harbaugh's been there has kind of really just 
absolutely attacked and done well with. Uh, he goes over to Old Miss basically in the time frame that we turn things around, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he makes his return. What do you think that means for the program? Well, uh, I, again, huge, uh, huge recruiting uh, positive right there. Um, and then we, you know, George Hilo is our linebackers coach currently. And so that was been thrown in the rumors. Like is George Hilo out? Is he staying? What's Chris Partridge doing? And Partridge has already been on Twitter, you know, saying that he's glad to be back at the best university in America. And when they, the graphic from the university or whoever tweeted it out there that he's back on staff, it just says staff. It's very generic. It doesn't give him a yeah. position. Michigan and, football coach, I think it says, or something right. like so along those lines. Analyst, anything. So just having him on regardless is, is, is a major win. A <clears throat> um, couple of offenses, offensive analysts. Wow. Can't say it. Offensive analyst added Josh Singagoga. I probably yeah. butchered that. And then Nick Gilbert. Yeah. Um, couldn't find a ton on on Josh, but Gilbert, his specialty is offensive line. So obviously he was uh, he was helping at Colorado last year. Yeah. Or two years ago. Sorry, two years ago, twenty twenty one. Um, but any kind of help to the offensive line, which is already back to back Joe Moore win- winners, I think is great. Uh, do you have anything on Josh? I don't. I actually, um, it's funny. I got, I got synagoga down. Um, yeah. And I, and I got Kurt Campbell down. I didn't even, I completely forgot about Gilbert. So let's, let's move into Kurt Campbell. Cause I think this is huge. So he's promoted. He yes. was an analyst last year. Uh, he's moving up to QB coach. What does that mean for, for Mr. JJ? I think it's really cool. And, you know, he from 2017 and 2019, he was uh, an offensive analyst for Penn State. And who was a quarterback during that tenure was Chase McSorley. And Chase McSorley was um, what I know McSorley, I think, had got one win on Michigan there with Saquon Barkley uh, in 2017, I think it was. But um, McSorley was a pretty good college quarterback. So, I mean, uh, he's a young guy. I think he's barely older than I am. So um, just give him time to uh, really – find his niche and i think i mean with him already on staff as it is it's not like jj won't you know not be familiar with this guy so yeah i mean good good bump there and then real quick uh synagoga you know he's a michigan native um he played uh i forget where he played at but he's from he's coming from uh, youngstown state right now and he was a okay. they were recruiting coordinator so you're getting a guy that's got somewhat of some ohio ties and they've already had a few uh you know Southern Ohio kids commit since the Ohio State game. So um, that's a nice one-two punch in the quarterback room. <laughs> cool. Uh, anything else on coaching additions that we didn't touch on? Uh, not regarding uh, U of M, no. Uh, one more thing on the, on the you know, the current uh, season news, I guess. Michigan spring game, Mays versus Blue, April 1st on Saturday. So that day's officially locked in. Uh, recruiting. 2023 overall, it's sitting at 19. It's what, what I see, and I'm not sure if you have that number too. And then the transfer rank is about 14, which is weird because it was number one for a minute, and then it was number two, and now it's down to 14. So kids must be just getting whipped up out of the portal. To be fair, I think we kind of expected that number to drop a little bit because of how much we're returning. We're not going to be that active in the portal where some kids might be getting – or what some schools might be getting 10 to 15 to kids where – I think we snatched up six, maybe seven kids. So, yeah. Uh, lost out of Nicholas Harper, Harper, South Carolina. I mean, it is what it is. I don't. I think there was a little bit of NIL issue there. Opinions on that? Yeah, um, it's all speculation. But you know, too, there was you know he's, he's he wants to run track, and so Oregon, yeah, uh, was also in the running there. And I heard that they had a pretty hefty NIL package, but he chose South Carolina anyway. Uh, and with Michigan, uh, it, it was said to uh, that they wanted him to have at tight end. And then you have with this, you know, conflicting with, with his body, physique, with track and football and the position that Michigan wanted him at, blah, blah, blah. So it just ended up not being a fit. And it's kind of a bummer because for the longest time, Michigan was assumed to be his number one. But, you know, you got you to roll with the punches and adapt. And, you know. The thing is, and this is just kind of like the fact of, of college football is he could take one year at South Carolina. If it's not great, he could throw himself in the portal and we can reattack him next year. That's just kind of what life is nowadays. 
just recently signed defensive line three-star Cam Brant. Uh, looks like a solid pickup. Anything on that or any other names that you've seen that kind of uh, were part of this class last minute that we um, didn't touch on last time? Uh, I think we, I think we, I think I touched on Carmelo English last time. We um, did, yep. Uh, but yeah, with Cameron Brandt, I mean, some recruiting services say three star, some say four star. Four, but yep, but seen that. It was flipped from Stanford last minute. It was kind of ho- you're kind of hoping that Michigan was going to grab you know two or three last minutes, but uh, it is what it is. And like you said, you know, it's it, it's middle of the pack there for. Um, Maybe not middle of pack, but you know, top twenty uh, in ranking there. But I think with the transfer portal, the guys they got were really high caliber, and um, so it kind of filled the gaps or you know boosted them a little bit um, as a team overall. So it's not the worst thing in the world. I know people are, you know, some Michigan fans are on Twitter right now, you know, kind of um, you know overreacting, which is you know what people do. But yeah, um, not too shabby. I mean. Uh, you know, Andrew Anthony goes to Oklahoma. Caden Eric all transfer out. Yabioki goes follows to Bipoji as Charlotte. Taylor Upshaw is going to Colorado. So um, you lose guys, but we fill those in, and um, I think we'll be all right. Uh, the stat I've seen is the Big Ten was able to secure one five-star player. Yeah, from this draft class or this uh, recruitment class, this signing day, if you will. Uh, the SEC was able to get, God, there was like 50-something, and then Pac-12 had maybe like seven. Basically, the Big Ten had the least amount. Opinions on that. Is it NIL? Do you think it's got to be NIL at this point, right? 100% NIL, and, you know, the Big Ten and Michigan, you know, I don't care about the other Big Ten teams, but Michigan's got to really step their NIL, NIL, excuse me, NIL game up, and, uh, you know, hopefully – you know, the, the narrative that Jim Harbaugh and them pushes, you know, we want competitors. We want guys who want to win. It's not about the money. And, you know, the, 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 um, the glitz and the glamour is, is a bonus, you know, and, you know, while that only goes so far, I mean, there's going to be, have to be, there's going to have to be a cycle uh, a year where they get two or three five stars in here, maybe four. Um, Cause I mean, you see in TCU how the season they had, whatever, loaded with three stars. Dugan, you know, he was a four-star quarterback, but they got to the college football playoff on really good coaching. But you've seen the disparity in between the level of play, and you seen it last year when Michigan played Georgia. At some point, you're going to have to get that next level guy, you know. And, you know, since Jim Harbaugh's been here, you know, you go look back a few years, um, you know, when we had Devin Bush at linebacker, I felt like, that caliber of player, we needed like three or four more Devin Bushes on defense. And that was already a good defense. We needed three or four more Devin Bushes. You know, Daxon Hill, we needed three or four more Daxon Hills. Um, luckily, we had Aiden Hutchinson and Ojabo, but we just need a couple, we just need a little more help there. Um, but uh, real quick, too, I wanted to point this out. You know, um, since 2015, since Jim Harbaugh's been here, whatever, his recruiting classes, let me, let me go through each by year. Uh, They're not great. Okay, so 2015, eighth, then we went fifth, 22nd, eighth, tenth, 13th, ninth, and then this year, 18th. And I only remember that one from 2017, that 22nd ranked class, or excuse me, in 2018. That was the foundation of the success that we had in 2021. So the development is there. But again, we need just to to nail down a few more of those five stars. And, um, you know, I think Michigan, yeah, Michigan is 74 and 25 since uh, those recruiting cycles. And right there, who we are competing with, um, it, with the same guys as Penn State, they're 71 and 30. So um, we're right there. We're getting right over that hump. But hopefully something here um, goes in our way one cycle. Yeah. Uh, NIL, I think this is a good time to bring this up. So Jaden Rashonda. Rashada, yep. Yep. Talk about his NIL deal with Florida. What happened there? All right. So, a uh, bit lengthy. I'll keep try to keep it short uh, and sweet. But, yeah, Jane Rashada, uh, some recruiting services has him at a four. Some have him at a five-star quarterback. He was originally committed to uh, Miami Hurricanes. Yeah. And, and then um, he flipped to Florida after Florida uh, was offering him an NIL, um, an NIL deal from uh, a group called the Gator Collective. Uh, so Rashada, 
signed this NIL contract um, that he was going to get as follows. So up front, he was supposed to get a $500,000 payment on December 5th. After his, after that payment, it would increase uh, from 250 his freshman year, 291 and some change as a sophomore, 375 as a junior, and then rounded out to 195, almost 196 monthly as a senior. Um, yeah, I don't so, want to cut you off, but you didn't say that. Those are monthly payments every monthly, year, correct? Monthly payments. Yeah. And then this is all, and then right here, this is all he had to do. This is all the stipulations. One was be a resident of Gainesville, Florida. Easy. At least one branded Twitter post and one Instagram post per month. Cake. Cake. Up to eight fan engagements, which could have been interviews, you know, fan fan days, whatever. Cake. And then the other one was autograph up to 15 pieces of merchandise per year. And the way the memorabilia business is right now, you can do that in 10 minutes. Um, and now how the reason why he's not at Florida anymore is because Rashada never received that $500,000 payment and the contract was terminated two days later. Um, the contract probably stated that the Gator Collective could, uh, in its sole and absolute discretion, terminate the agreement without penalty or further, further obligation. And then since then, Rashada has now signed with Arizona State. So yes, he's committed and he's signed with them. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So the Gator Collective, basically, uh, you go to the athletic or you go to MSN.com, whatever, find the article. Uh, essentially, um, you know, they they said that they weren't ever going to guarantee that money. So they basically hoodwinked the kid. And so because they didn't, they promised him all this money up front, wasn't there anymore. He uh, skipped out of town. So I posted this graphic on the uh, on the Real Talk Facebook page, of course, a few days ago. And um, it's just it was alarming to me on how much money this kid is being paid up front before ever throwing a pass. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately. There's just a lot of that. I don't think we fully understand the groundwork of what the NIL. Is doing in in the especially in the Southeastern Conference or otherwise known as the SEC. I just think that pretty soon our 12-team playoff, it's going to – obviously you have your five teams that are your your power five, and then at that point it's going to be very hard to get an at-large team in, even with 12 teams, because I think the rest are going to be pretty much SEC. I mean, that's just that – is the that is the direction we're going. Um because if you start to really just think of yourself as a realist right now, Georgia right now over the last two years has established themselves. You can even argue even more, but two years for sure has established themselves as the king of college football, right? You'd have to assume that Alabama is not going away. They're still going to be just fine. They'll get things rolling. Georgia's just up. Alabama's not that bad. They lost two games. Like, let's settle down. So you have to assume they're going to be fine. LSU with Brian Kelly in town had a pretty solid first year. They had a good recruiting class. You'd have to assume that this is going to continue to trend up. Yeah. Texas coming in. Oklahoma coming in. I mean, Texas just got Arch Manning. They still got Ewers. Florida, I, I would imagine, is never just going to lay down. They're still going to be somewhat contendable. So Auburn. All these different schools in the SEC that are still recruiting at a high level. Old Miss with with Lane Kiffin. It, a a three-loss SEC team is going to – I'm sorry. It's going to look better than a, a one-loss Big Ten team at this point. It's, yeah. it's getting – it's trending in that direction. And with NIL, it's like if there's 65 five-star kids and 60 of them are going to the SEC, it's like the talent – is apparently there on paper, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> anything else on recruiting, um, NAL, coaching, anything else football-wise? Yeah, real quick, uh, just a couple couple headlines that came across my ESPN feed today was uh, Northwestern and Iowa are faced to uh, battle it out at Wrigley Field on November 4th. And uh, the second one was um, Iowa – um, has also announced that uh, offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz is now has uh, now has um, an incentive based contract. Uh, previously making nine hundred thousand, he can now add one hundred twelve thousand five hundred dollars in bonuses if he hits these two marks. Um, if he hits twenty five points per game, which they only averaged seventeen in twenty twenty two, 
and they win at least seven games. And uh, so now he's got Eric Gall and Cade McNamara to uh, hopefully give him that nudge in that direction. But uh, but uh, th- those were the two at least Big Ten ones that, that stood out to me today. <clears throat> yeah, you know, Iowa, I think they could fall asleep today and still win seven games. I mean, that's that that seems very on the table for them. The 25 points will be interesting. Uh, are they going to let Cade kind of just air it out? Is Eric all going to be at full health? All those things are question marks. Uh, as far as the Wrigley home game for for Northwestern, I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. Football games uh, in college when they're doing them in the baseball field, uh, it's definitely fun to watch. It's you almost get like an arena football type deal because of how close the seats and the walls are. But uh, mm-hmm. if it ever happened in Detroit, um, I, I would definitely try to go do something like that. <laughs> Yeah, and if Michigan was able to get a road game at Wrigley Field against Northwestern, I'd be so for that. That'd be super cool. Ready for hoops? Let's do it. Um, well, season recap here: uh, Michigan basketball, they're fourteen and ten on the year, eight and five in the Big Ten, which is good for fourth place. That's not terrible. The three teams ahead of them are all ranked. Okay. Uh, 10 and three at home on the year, two and four on the road. So obviously the road problems have been an issue in their 0 and three against AP ranked teams, which I believe they're actually worse than 0 and three, but those teams that they lost to have now lost more games, I think, but they're, it says they're 0 and three, uh, their last three games though, they're on a three game win streak, uh, on the road at Northwestern 68 and 50, 68 to 51. Uh, at home against Ohio State, 77 to 69. And then at home against Nebraska, they put it down 93 72. Teams trending in the right direction. Opinions on the last three games, what we've kind of seen this season. Before we talk about the how we finish up, opinions on where we're at just right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely disappointing. But, uh, but then again, it's like, are we judging Jawan Howard fair? I know a lot of people are calling for his job. I probably even said something like that out of frustration online. But you know, they, they, they lost a lot, transfer portal, you know, NBA, and, you know, they lost a point, their starting point guard, and so now we're starting a freshman, you know, that's pretty green. But, uh, you know, they're playing three straight games of, of, of winnable, uh, ba- you know, win, winning basketball. And, you know, they went through a period there where they were win-loss, 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 win-loss. Month of January was a roller coaster. You know, they almost beat Purdue. They lost Iowa in overtime. And uh, yeah, so they like they read all three straight, and the, the Nebraska game was kind of a must-win, honestly. And you know, beating Ohio State that was fantastic, of course. And now they got a huge game against Indiana, so um, they're still not considered the first four out or the next four. They they got to they got to beat Michigan State, I think, and they they got to at least win. Was it six games left? There's five games left. Five, uh, five games left. They got to at least win three of those, at least before even. I mean, and. And if they come up short there in these last in this last chapter here, um, the only other option is to win the the conference tournament. Yeah, I think I think Hunter hasn't played as good as we would have liked to see a junior year Hunter Dickinson play. Not that yeah. I'm putting this all on him, but I'm just calling calling things like I see it. I think. I and I know I expected to see a better Hunter Dickinson than we've seen the last two years. I feel like we've gotten the same thing. Uh, Jet Howard is an absolute flame throwing superstar. Uh, it is very disappointing that the season we're getting from him is not going to be what we envisioned. Yeah. Uh, because I think I truly believe he is gone. I believe this is it. Um, Kobe Bluffkin, I think, is a solid player. Uh, he's a great third option player. Unfortunately, where this team has lacked the last two seasons, point guard play. Yeah, we talked. We've talked about this. Uh, we had a run of elite point guard play, as good as anybody in the entire country, going back to even Darius Morris, uh, Trey Burke. Uh, who was in there? Derek Walton, Xavier Simpson, and then uh, help me out. Transfer one year player. Oh, Frankie Collins. No, Mike. Oh, oh, oh Mike. last year. Yeah, no, two years. It was two years ago. I can't think of his name. Anyways. Oh, Mike. Mike Smith. I thought, Mike Smith. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So 
And then last last year it was the other transfer kid who played well in spots, but unfortunately it just wasn't it wasn't enough. But the point guard play the last two seasons has not been great. This year they brought in a transfer guard. He got hurt immediately a couple games in, and it's been a lot of Dougie McDaniels, and unfortunately not ready for the role. Played really bad basketball in spots. Takes some interesting shot attempts. Some go in, some don't. But ultimately I put a lot of this on – like you said, it's not necessarily Juwan's fault, but it feels like it at times. There's just no reason that you could potentially have three NBA draft picks on your team and you're you're just you're fourteen and ten. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, like I said, you know, I think we're we might be at a point now where we kinda like we were with Jim Harbaugh, like we we're starting to get frustrated with the progress on the on the field, in this case the court and it's like, do we, I mean, is, is Juwan Howard getting a, a fair shake here? I mean, do we have to give him, you know, a couple more seasons to to start, you know, really showing that he can develop guys? And, that, again, that first thing is is point guard. You know, I don't mind going to the transfer portal for a wing guy or, or center, but I think a point guard has got to be something that is either so talented he's one and done and you can get that consistently every year, or you get a guy that is like Trey Burke or, you know, Xavier Simpson and Derek Walton, the guy who can be who can transform and be a, a solid foundation for two, three, four years, you know. Um, and you're right. Yeah. Hunter Dickinson is like he, he's been good. He's he's 18 and eight right now and uh, averaging a game. But there's still something missing. And a lot of it to me is, is his defense is garbage. You know, I'm not trying to be harsh on him. I want I, Hunter Dickinson. I, I like watching the kid, but his defensive effort is terrible. And they're as a team, they're terrible on defense. They don't rotate. Um, and, and they just give up easy baskets consistently every game. And, yeah. you know, that, that game recently where they blew out Nebraska in the score count, there was a time where Nebraska made, like, two huge runs. And, I mean, Michigan was like, oh, great, they're going to piss this game away. Um, so, yeah, they got to get that figured out if they want to make a run. But, yeah, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. Yeah, I just – let me give you his freshman year stats real quick. 14 points, 1.4 blocks. Seven rebounds, less than one assist per game. Last year, and again, I, I think I think part of this is point guard play. I'm not putting this all on Hunter because having a big, you kind of need a point guard too. Mm-hmm. But last year, he takes a step. Damn near 19 points a game, 18.6, one and a half blocks, 8.6 rebounds. I think that's a nice step up, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's shooting... I mean, his career average has literally never changed. So he's always pretty much shot 60% from the field. Mm. But this year, where it's your junior year, he even talked on multiple podcasts in the offseason that he was looking to make an elevated jump to get himself some real stock. He is currently averaging 18 points, 1.6 blocks, 8.5 rebounds. It is identical to last year. Yeah. Identical. You didn't take a jump. You haven't mm. jumped at all. Yeah. Matter of fact, literally the stats are just crazy how similar they are matter mm. of fact his 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 field goal percentage is slightly down it's not you know terrible but it's slightly down his mids per game is 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 two less i don't know i just uh overall i think we're just getting the same hunter that we got the last two years and then we haven't really gotten a step up and unfortunately had he taken a 24 and 10 jump yeah i know that's a lot maybe 22 and 10 Let's be fair. 22 and 10, right? And then you get Jet Howard playing how he is. I think Michigan's probably 17 and 7 rather than 14 and 10. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was reading on CBS today, too, that, you know, they're 2 and 8 versus quad one competition, which is not great. And uh, they have that ugly ass loss to Central Michigan and almost losing to Eastern Michigan. So, um, you know, now that I think about it some more, I mean, I said they have to win at least three. I think they have to clean. I think they got to run the rest of this table in regular season to make to even be considered, or at, at the most lose one. They got to go, you know, four and one or five and zero. Oh, you know, at this point. But um, hopefully they can get get their shit together. That a win against Michigan State, it would be phenomenal. Do you know what Michigan's record was last year through twenty four games? It's literally the same, isn't it? Fourteen and ten. Yeah. Yeah. And if you remember, you know, they went on a run last year and they were able to beat Ohio State last game of the year and they were able to win a couple of, uh, I think they made one or two turn, 
Big Ten tournament wins. They didn't win it, but they won like one or two games. And that was enough to squeak in. And people laughed. They're like, this Michigan team really got in and they went to the Sweet 16. So it's like, yeah, never count Michigan basketball out. You can't over the last 10 years, literally the last 10 years, they've just kind of been a threat. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about their next five. Home against Indiana. Indiana's number 18 in the country. They're 17 and seven. Do you think that's a win? That, I think this is going to be the one. I mean, I think they, they need, need that one. Yeah, they need, they that, need one. that one. That one more than the, the Michigan State game for sure. I think if they play, no, that's that's the most important game on left on the schedule in my opinion. Oh, I know I Michigan State's a, re- a rival, but that this Indiana game is the most important game. I think the only way they win this game against Indiana is if they they play like they did against uh, against Nebraska. Oh, let's see here. I'm trying to find the spread. I actually there there isn't one. Hold on. Um, let's see here. Uh, it looks. I don't see a spread on ESPN either. Yeah. They're just giving. Yeah, Indiana, I don't see a spread. They're just giving Indiana a 63% chance of winning. Yeah, this game's on Saturday night. It's a big game. Uh, weirdly enough, these teams are damn near identical. Uh, Indiana averages 77 a game, Michigan 74. Uh, Michigan grabs 33 rebounds, Indiana's 34. Uh, assists per game, Michigan 13. Indiana just shy of 16, so a little different there. Point differential, Michigan 4.5, Indiana almost 10. So I guess that's the one thing they're blowing out their opponents. I say blowing out ten points is decent, but yeah. uh, Michigan's playing a lot of close games. Yeah, and Indiana's got a lot of momentum after upsetting Purdue. So yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. This is the best game remaining. Uh, it's going to be a, definitely a challenge, but it's it's nice that it's at home. They need to win that one. We'll give them a win just for conversation's sake. On the road at Wisconsin, Wisconsin's fourteen and nine. What do you feel about that one? They're two and four on the road this year. That one's interesting. I don't think they've played Wisconsin yet. I don't see that they, they play them twice in the last five games. So no, Correct. they haven't. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, you can buy t- you can six dollar tickets that game right now in the SPN. Good lord, um, to Allen Madison. Um, I think that's I think that's a winnable game. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Wisconsin is um, fourteen to nine. They're about it's probably going to be a neck and neck game. So I, th- I think yeah, winnable. Yeah. Uh, home against Michigan State, they were able to beat rival Ohio State this year. They lost to Michigan State on the road. They played good for about a half. Yeah. What do you think about this one, though? If Michigan somehow beats Indiana and Wisconsin and then goes into Michigan State with those two wins right there, I think uh, sellout crowd, everything on yep. the line. They yep. That game, if they yep. start there losing both these next two or go one and one, um, that's a toss-up. Yeah, no, I agree. That that's perfect. Uh, on the road at number twenty-four, Rutgers. Rutgers is sixteen and eight. That's a tough game there. Uh, number twenty-four, Rutgers. Rutgers is obviously battling for tournament. They're ahead of us as well. Uh, I think ultimately, Rutgers has played pretty good ball this year. Yeah. Uh, Rutgers isn't a massive home environment, but it is something. I think that that might be a loss. Yeah, I don't feel good about that. Yeah. Uh, and then season closer, pretty much a must win no matter what game, unless they lose four, you know, the the next four. Uh, if they get two wins out of the next two, this one's going to be a must win game at home against Whiskey to end the season. They got to they gotta beat Wisconsin, right? Yeah, Going into the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. yeah. So I think I like him at four and one uh, to try and close out their season winning seven of eight yeah seven of eight um going into the big 10 championship with some momentum which by the way if it started today they would be the four seed which is a double buy i'd argue that's actually almost not good for michigan right now (laughs) (laughs) um but hey i'd take the double buy at this point yeah any your comments concerns on the basketball team right now nope I'm good there. Uh, I wanted to do a quick preview of the Michigan Ohio State outdoor hockey and the face off on the lake. Uh, we're going to be at that game. 
Michigan and Ohio State outside at Brown Stadium, First Energy Stadium. That's going to be a blast. Michigan's currently ranked what? Uh, Michigan is, is third in the Big Ten, fifth overall. Ohio State is fourth in the Big Ten and seventh overall. So definitely a top ten matchup. Yep. Uh, going to be a banger. These teams, these these games are usually high scoring, are they not? Yeah. So so far they've played each other. They uh they they played back in Ann Arbor earlier in uh, January, and it was a split series. Ohio State took them to task seven to two on Friday night, and then Michigan followed it up on Saturday to win four to two. Um, okay. So both, uh, you know, Michigan has got like the third ranked offense in nationally and Ohio state is on offense and defense, both right outside the top 10 Michigan's defense is like 46. So their defense and statistically isn't the greatest. Um, so I, I'm assuming it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty action packed. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Michigan is, they probably, lost, they went through a rough stretch in November and, uh, the beginning of December because uh, the, some of the team, most of the locker room had a, a virus. It wasn't COVID, but it was enough to put like two or three kids in the ICU. So they were, they, they were down almost a line and a half worth of guys, pretty, pretty uh, crucial guys in their lineup. And it wasn't until I think last weekend where Stephen Holt, he's a junior, uh, came back from Michigan from the ICU for the first time. He finally got cleared to play. So it was kind of an emotional weekend to beat Wisconsin uh, the way they did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then you have the, uh, the world juniors. So Michigan always loses guys around middle of December. So sometimes you got to play with, uh, with low strength, but anyways, um, yeah, they, 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 they play on February 16th on that Thursday in Columbus. And then they play in Cleveland two days later. So it's going to be a great time. Um, Adam Fantilli for Michigan is uh, number two in the nation in scoring. So, uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him. And like I said, Ohio State's boasting a pretty solid top 10 offensive defense. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a battle, man. And outdoor, yeah. I'm my second out. I went to the Big Chill when uh, Michigan played Michigan State in 2010. Outdoor I've game. always been jealous of that. Been very it's jealous of that. Very, very fun experience. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, the Big Chill happened and it kind of went over my head at the time. I don't remember why, but wasn't really paying attention to that kind of stuff. You know, there's your big chill ticket. Yep. And then the battle at the big house or the, I forgot what they call it. The, oh, it was the winter classic at the big house. The Red Wings played there. Yeah. Really wanted to go and then just never pursued tickets. So fu the fun thing is I was literally at the Patriots Brown exam this year and I texted you. I was like, Hey, cause we had already kind of briefly spoke about the going to this. And I was like, Hey, are we going to do this? And you're like, yeah, I just bought six tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so typical, yeah, but um, anything else on this game before we move to the mailbag? Nope, nobody. All right. Uh, let me pull up the mailbag here. They disappeared. All right. So first question. Oh, wow. I think we already answered this. <laughs> Writes in from Jamie. How do you expect the new QB coach to affect JJ? I'm assuming he's talking about Kurt Campbell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you kind of briefly touched on this, that he was able to wait, work with Trace McSorley. Trace yeah. McSorley found his way to the NFL. I think this is huge for JJ, especially as this team has 1,000% established themselves as the best run team in the entire country. The last three to maybe four games that JJ played, I thought he played really well passing the ball, uh, including including the bowl game. I know that's not a popular opinion because he threw two pick sixes. I thought JJ has really taken steps from November on. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I again, um, you know, it's, it's Jim Harbaugh's offense. So, I mean, as long as Jim's there, I'm pretty confident that JJ will be fine regardless. Cheryl Moore didn't go anywhere. So, um yeah, I think you're fine. And JJ, you know, uh, he didn't start every game last season, but Kirk Campbell was around the whole the whole year. So again, there's, there's still familiarity there. And um, even if they were to bring in a new guy, I don't think uh, I don't think I'd be still be too worried. But um, they're in good shape. Uh, Jamie writes in again with the latest win streak. Do you think the men's team can sneak in the dance? Big Ten floor to get in the bubble is about 18 wins the last few years. So with that said, Michigan's got 14 wins. We like them to go four and one over their next five, but let's even give them three. 
three out of five. That puts him at 17. I'm giving him one Big Ten tournament win. That's 18. I think they got 18 or 19 wins in them. What do you think? Um, if they get to that mark, they'll probably, they'll probably be a first four out again. But uh, it would be very gracious if they get that. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I, I'm i on the bubble myself. You know, I I still think they have to win four out of the next you think, five. You think an 18 and 12 Michigan team is getting left out? Um, if one of those wins is against Michigan State or Indiana, uh, I think they're in. Yeah, I think we both agree. If they beat Indiana, that's a huge win. That catapults them. Uh, and if they're able to beat Rutgers, too, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, I think we kind of just did this, but Kyle Miller writes in Michigan-Ohio State hockey hype in Cleveland. Yeah, I think we're both excited. Kyle, you're going to tag along with us. Uh, three Michigan, three Ohio State. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm excited for the first outdoor hockey. You've already been to one. I mean – it's going to be a good time. Uh, real quick, as a Michigan fan, I, or just a fan in general, I, again, I'm never one to, to uh, you know, find a scapegoat in the Zebras or the officials to blame for a loss or whatever. But yeah. I tell you what, Michigan almost guaranteed a game misconduct every single game, which is a five-minute major. And uh, depending on the severity, that player can get kicked out the rest of the game and then miss the following game afterwards, kind of like a targeting or, or whatever. Um or, you know, it's just a, just a five-minute penalty. But uh, it, it's they're always due for one. And with this rivalry, man, I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be you know, a little rowdiness going on. And the only bad thing about college hockey, in my opinion, is there's no fighting allowed. There is, of course, pushing and shoving that happens from time to time. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a fun time. <laughs> with it being at Brown Stadium in, in Ohio, what do you expect – we talked about a neutral site game when we went to the Little C's Arena for Michigan Eastern. We thought that was interesting. You've obviously been to some Big Ten championship games. What do you think as far as this one, as far as a neutral site? Because it is supposed to be a neutral site, right? This isn't classified Correct. as Ohio State home game. Correct. Opinions on that. Who who shows up? Both Michigan, Ohio State. What do you think? I think it's going to be probably about 50-50. Ohio State's really good this year, and I think they'll – I mean, it's in Ohio, right? And with Michigan, you know, being as good as they are, I think uh, Michigan fans, they, they travel everywhere. I think about be 50-50. When the big chill happened at the uh, at Michigan Stadium, I mean, that was a solo crowd. It was 110,000 people. I don't think, you know, we'll come close to like four. I mean, I don't know how big Brown Stadium is. I think it's like 60-something. I think um, it holds 65 or so. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be a solo crowd, but if it is, that'd be great. I think it'll be, a, I think it'll be split even, though. <laughs> uh anything else i think that's all i got um yeah i got a got a couple uh brain teasers for you oh i love this let's go okay um and well two of them are basketball related one's football related and they're not uh they're more opinion based it's not really trivia but i'll start with this one so mgo blog uh put out a tweet uh i think it was last week regarding blake quorum so uh, Blake Corum has 2,492 career rush yards. And at the end of the next season, where will he rank all time in Michigan history for career yards rushing? Um, and I'll give a real quick and a brief, the top six, and I'll start from six, work my way up to one. Uh, so at six, we got Butch Wolfolk with 3,850. Tyrone Wheatley at 4,178. Jamie Morris at four with 4,392. At number three, we have Anthony Thomas at 4,472. At number two, we have Denard Robinson at 4,495. And then at number one, Mr. Mike Hart at 5,040. So where do you think Blake Corum finishes in that uh, in that top six there uh, with 24.92 at the moment? Yeah, I seen this the other day, and I was kind of contemplating how many yards I want to give Blake. Chalk him up for 1300 Where does that put him? I'm terrible at math. Um, so that would put add him a thousand on, add a thousand on him. Yeah. And then add so, 300 on that. Yeah. So he'll be just under, I think what 37. What's, what's he have now? 224.92. 224.92. So 1300 would make him 3,500 yards. 35, okay. Uh, so that, so Butch Wolfolk is at 3850. 
Yeah, so he would he would fall short of that. Yeah, and that's a t- that's a tough climb. It is a tough climb, and now that Donald Edwards has really emerged himself in his absence, of that, the- that's the biggest thing. There, yeah. Blake might still get some touchdowns and some goal line. Yeah, Donovan's gonna get equal carries, I think, as far as in the middle of the field because he he showed himself how dominant he can be. But for whatever reason, and this is a topic for a whole nother day, but uh, Donovan doesn't get goal line carries. They would rather put a fucking linebacker in there. So, <laughs> I, not not really sure what the deal is there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to predict right now. I definitely will have. We definitely revisit this as we when you know we're in July or August, but uh, yeah. With that, there's going to be a lot of miles to feed. There was a lot of miles to feed in 2022. So, you know, you got to satisfy a lot of people and you got a lot of, there's no, there's no excuse to not have one of the best rushing attacks in the country. All right. So, um, the next one is again, basketball related for these last two. So if you could, Mm -hmm. you could add a former basketball player to this season roster, who would it be? This feels easy. With how good Jet is, with how good Hunter is, there's a steady two guard. It's got to be either. You don't really need a power forward to help out Hunter. Got to be Trey. Trey. Got to be Trey Burke. Yeah, I, I it was pretty. For my first, my, my instant reaction was Trey Burke, but I'm like, yeah, what about what about Manny Harris? Yeah, Manny Harris was good, not as good as Trey, but yeah, he's good. Right. So yeah, those are whatever you want to. Um, and then the next one was is uh, what's your favorite bas- Michigan basketball memory? Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give I'm gonna give four. <laughs> yeah. I I maybe actually let me give five. No order. I have them all on the top of my head. First one ever. It was my first ever Michigan basketball game. It was Trey Burke's freshman year. It was senior day for Stu Douglas and Zach Novak. And my my now wife, um, I think she I don't think she was my wife at the time, but she may have been. She was pregnant with our first child, uh, Maisie, shout out. And while she was pregnant, she ran onto the court with a like a, a drawn head of Stu Douglas and she got an autograph from Stu Douglas on the court on Chrysler Arena. Awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's one of my favorite memories. Uh, second one, it's the greatest sporting event I've ever been to Michigan, Ohio state basketball game. It was the, it was the first ever top 10 matchup between the two teams It went to overtime. Uh, Tim Hardaway was absolutely unreal in that game. Um, it gets brought up every time these two teams play, I feel like, and it happened in February. So that's uh second one. Third. Man. Um, Jordan Poole, Sweet 16. Yeah. I was by my, I was by myself. Uh I'm pretty sure it was after midnight. And he hits the shot and I'm screaming. Yeah. Um four was it was a loss and that's fine but uh it was the end of the 2013 run yeah michigan louisville uh we were up at nick and jimmy's we had our we had a large group of people there yeah and uh yeah it just came up short you know it happens and then number five probably my number one favorite moment but i mean uh i'd have to really think back but it was like two days before my birthday, uh, 2018. Uh, you, myself, Corey, we go up to the Brown Jug in Ann Arbor, uh, and we watch the Final Four. We kick the shit out of Loyola Chicago and, and Sister Jean, and uh, we stormed the streets of Ann Arbor. And it was uh, a night to remember. I think all five of those. Put them in any order. Um, yeah. They all mean a lot to me. Yeah, uh, every, every every one of those that uh, I'm involved with you at, I can put mine. You can put that in there for me. And if I could add, on top of that, one is uh, going to be the Trey Burke uh, when he picked uh, Keith Applin's pocket at Chrysler yeah. and he took it down and dunked it in. And uh, Tom Mizzo's going like this, like calm down. You know that was uh, that was a great one. Um, 
I, I've been to Chrysler numerous times. I've just I've never seen really a memorable game there. Whatever, I'll either lose or it's like early in the season. Yeah. And then it's against like a, a local Jesuit. Uh, we uh, were we were at the game. You and I were at the Michigan Michigan State game where Jordan Poole was going off, but we still lost that game. And we yeah. had the kid behind us telling us how Jordan Poole was trashed the whole time. Yeah, so that was uh, that was that was kind of irritating, but. Uh, you know the the 2013 Natty was definitely uh, a memorable one. It had it was definitely uh, an emotional loss there. Uh, Spike Albrecht going off the first half. It was just going bananas. Yeah. Uh, the Trey Burke the shots from the stratosphere against Kansas. Uh, the whole I mean you just I guess say the whole 2013 season and then yeah uh, that's like, the, the entire 2013 run is yeah. un, unreal. And then the last one I'll say is. Uh, I think it was the the the, the John B line is going to do some things here. Game was when they won uh, with Stu Douglas and Zach Novak in you know, East Lansing, I believe. Um, and Stu Douglas just hit like a fucking dagger from hell, and uh, they shut they shut um, the is zone up, and that was great. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, more uh, more Michigan basketball memories to be made here. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, even last year was a decent year and ended up in a sweet 16. It didn't have the memorable feel that other seasons have had because they've either made Big Ten tournament runs or longer actual NCAA tournament runs. So hopefully this team's able to kind of get a notch in their belt, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it's cool to catch up on basketball. I know we obviously have uh Try to re- try to connect and just schedules like you alluded in the beginning, but uh, we'll revisit this hopefully soon. Hopefully after the, we'll we'll try to let a few games go by, so maybe after the regular, revisit this before uh, conference play starts. And uh, I'll say this before we close: is um, Jalen Hurts, please save us from the Bernie Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes TikTok bonanza that might Sunday. So uh, do America solid, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, it's been real. We'll be back for our pre-Big Ten tournament pod, I'm sure. And uh, hopefully Michigan can close us out, give us a good 5-0 and run here. So uh, thanks for listening. Three-year anniversary pod coming up soon. Super Bowl Sunday is upon us. Hope you guys have been digging everything we're doing. A lot of pods coming out lately. Uh, thanks again. We're out. Go Blue. Real talk. Go blue.